Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Osmo Daily Fantasy Newsroom, where I, your host, Kyle Dvorak, find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here. Break down yesterday's training camp news in the NFL, talk about the fantasy implications, what is just coach speak, and what we can actually use to project fantasy football and make actionable moves heading forward. Before we get into yesterday's news, I just want to remind you that you can head over to Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to our draft kit. You get all of our awesome draft kit stuff for just $29.95. That means you get the Osmo Fantasy Football Rankings done by the world's number one daily fantasy football player, Alex Osmo Baker. You get our draft wingman tool, which helps you build optimal season-long and best ball lineups. You get our breakouts, sleepers, and bust table. You get our cheat sheets, the customizable strength of schedule tool. And after all of that, you still get a $35 credit if you're a new user at the FFPC. So it is free money if you're using that FFPC credit. Again, sign up at Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. Now let's get into yesterday's news. We start with some concerning stuff out of the Lions training camp. It looks like this leg injury could cost running back DeAndre Swift snaps early in the season. Lions head coach Matt Patricia said, I think missing time in general with rookies is a concern. Who's referring to DeAndre Swift missing time with this leg injury? It's been coming up on two weeks, I believe, since we last saw DeAndre Swift practice. It seems like he's probably going to be held out until week one if not just getting a few final practices in. And this is obviously very concerning for a rookie in a truncated offseason entering a committee with another high draft capital pick in on Johnson. It seems like at best he's going to start the season as the receiving back on this team as a guy who can make splash plays but is not going to get the bulk of the between the tackles work. And that still makes him an interesting fantasy pick, but when you have to now start drafting him in the fifth, in the fourth, in the sixth round, that type of injury concern Coupled with the fact that even if he is end up being healthy, it doesn't guarantee that he gets all these snaps, he gets all these touches. Seems to be another reason to fade middle round running backs. Coming out of Georgia, Swift had a three down resume and he pushed players like Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle for touches early in his collegiate career. He had a real shot at breaking out as a rookie, but it seems like at best, if he's going to break out, it's going to happen after a handful of weeks. He's not going to start the season firing on all cylinders. That makes him a difficult pick, knowing you're going to have to keep him on the bench for at least one, two, three weeks. And then if he doesn't break out in those weeks, what do you do with him? Do you try and trade him? Do you do you cut? You can't cut him. He was like a fourth or a fifth round pick in your fantasy league. He's still got a lot of upside, but it seems like you could be in a really sticky situation. Coupling this with Carrion Johnson set to open 2020 as the starting running back. Not awfully surprising, given the down news on DeAndre Swift. The Detroit Free Press's Dave Burkett reports that Carrion Johnson will open the year as the team's starting running back. And with DeAndre Swift missing all of this practice time with the leg injury, it kind of makes 
Johnson the obvious choice to earn the starting role in week one. Johnson took a step back as a receiver last year. He caught just 10 passes. So that's why we're optimistic that Swift can still come in and get that receiving role. Swift, on the other hand, caught 73 passes in college. It's likely that we see Johnson handle the between the tackles work. That was something that he was noted for coming out of college. He didn't get a ton of run as a receiver, but was very talented with the ball in his hands running the football between the tackles. So it's likely that's the role he serves. He's a guy that the team is not even committed to fully. They've given guys like Bo Scarborough, LeGarrette Blunt, work to offset on Johnson's workload. And then we see it was a training camp report earlier in this training camp that on Johnson says he can't take notes on DeAndre Swift because Swift's knees allow him to move in ways that he can't. So it seems like on Johnson, almost from the day he entered the NFL, there's these knee issues, his lack of receiving production, he was always doomed to be a committee back. But at the cheap cost of going near the double-digit rounds or sometimes into the double-digit rounds when DeAndre Swift is so expensive and we can expect a week one role from on Johnson, it does make sense that even if he's a committee back, these guys have value and it seems like the value is getting there with on Johnson in draft. So he's a guy that if you need a floor option for the first few weeks while well, you see if a guy like Miles Sanders is healthy, maybe he's a guy you could pair with Miles Sanders just to get some sneaky production early in the year. Moving on to our next piece of news, this one concerning as well, New York Jets' Le'Veon Bell having a quiet training camp while Frank Gore shines. The New York Post Brian Costello noted that Le'Veon Bell hasn't had an impressive training camp. This comes off the back of another report that indicated Frank Gore was looking like the best back in training camp. That is old man Frank Gore outshining Le'Veon Bell, their expensive free agent who busted as a fantasy pick last year. Bell is, is still the unquestioned starter. Let's not get it twisted. But Adam Gase has publicly butted heads with Bell before this, and it wouldn't be awfully surprising to see him give Frank Gore or even rookie LaMichael P. Ryan touches. Bell is already on a, at least at this point, lackluster Jets offense, and if he's giving up touches to other backs and this offense doesn't make massive improvements, he is the the poster child of a fantasy bust again, just like he was last year. Last year, at least the one thing he did was he got so many opportunities. He was top five in snap share, top 10 in opportunity share, 11th in carries at 246, and number 7 in targets at 78. If Michael P. Ryan, a guy who didn't get a ton of run as a running back, or at least as a ball-carrying running back, while at Florida goes over 130 carries for three seasons, never goes over 140, they seem like they had the role cut out for him that they wanted. But if he's a guy who gets receptions stealing from Le'Veon Bell, which he did in college, at least he got receptions in college, 55 targets, 40 catches, and an 84th percentile college target share. If he can leverage that role to take away targets while Frank Gore, a guy who's known for stifling younger, more exciting running backs, he's done it with Kenyon Drake. He's done it with Marlon Mack. He's done it with Carlos Hyde. He's done it with Devin Singletary as recently as last year. If Michael P. Ryan is stealing a handful of receptions per game, if Frank Gore is getting goal line work and this Jets offense doesn't prove, Bell will be the biggest bust of the year. If the offense doesn't improve, but he's still not getting work on the goal line, he's still not receiving the bulk of the targets out of the backfield, then he'll at least just be a modest hit or still a modest bust even if he's not getting those touchdowns, if he's not getting those receptions to the extent we saw last year, especially with those receptions. That was his one saving grace. So Le'Veon Bell, a guy who has bust written all over him, so much concern, and really the only way he hits a massive ceiling outcome is if we see a big turnaround from this Jets offense, and there just hasn't been enough to indicate that that is in the cards for them this year. Moving on to the next piece of news, Indianapolis Trey Burton helped off the field with a leg injury. Teammates had to help tight end Trey Burton off the field after he suffered a leg injury in training camp. Burton wasn't projected to be a starter, but he was fighting with Mo Alley-Cox to back up Jack Doyle. Burton now looks like he he may not be able to be ready to start of the season. Mo Alley-Cox missed much of camp, 
while on the pup list, he just recently returned to practice. That means that they really don't have a backup with many, if any, reps on this team to back up Jack Doyle. Given his lack of prior NFL success and the few reps with Philip Rivers, Moali Cox is not going to be that guy. Doyle is set to dominate the tight end snaps and the tight end targets in Indy. He's a boring pick at the end of fantasy drafts, but it makes so much sense that a guy like Philip Rivers, who's leaned on tight ends for years, would look to a maybe a boring, non-exciting, non-playmaker tight end, but just pepper Jack Doyle with targets. It's shaping up that Jack Doyle is just going to be an ugly, great value at the end of the drafts. I think he makes a ton of sense in best ball as a floor play. If you're looking at guys like Dallas Goddard, who might not have a solidified role, if you're looking at guys like Jonu Smith and Ian Thomas, where you have to make a bet on the offense and the talent, pairing them or even going three of them, Jack Doyle and two of those other guys. Jack Doyle gives you the floor, while those other guys give you the possible ceiling outcomes. Makes a ton of sense in best ball. Again, Jack Doyle, probably not a ceiling play in his own right. Last year, we saw his average target distance on a per-target basis at 6.8. That was outside the top 25. And you, you can't give all of the blame to him, but 6.2 yards per target was outside the top 30 in the league. They had a bad offense with Jacoby Brissett and backups beyond Jacoby Brissett. But it's still not great that really he needs a great quarterback to elevate him. He's not a guy who can elevate the offense on his own. He's not a guy who's going to make plays. But the targets he's going to see do make him a great floor. And he's so cheap at the end of fantasy drafts. So Jack Doyle reluctantly start start drafting Jack Doyle, I guess. Next one, Seahawks sign wide receiver Paul Richardson. The Seahawks are signing Paul Richardson after a short stint in Washington. It was in Seattle that Paul Richardson was able to get a big contract from Washington. In his final season with the Seahawks, Paul Richardson goes over 700 yards. He scores six times and catches 44 balls. That was enough to get a sizable contract from Washington. Richardson then struggles on his new team and was ineffective even when he was healthy. He barely topped 500 yards through two seasons with the team. He does give the Seattle receiving court some depth, especially knowing the system having been there for a handful of years before he went to Washington, but it's it's not like he's going to be a fantasy relevant guy. They already have a clear top two in Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, so it's not even a lock that he makes the team. One interesting note is this probably, I mean, they've, they've said it before, but this really does reiterate the fact that they are not going to go after a guy like Antonio Brown. They're not going to re-sign a guy like Josh Gordon. Those guys seem like they're destined to probably not play any more snaps in the NFL. Definitely not with the Seahawks with the signing of Paul Richardson. Next piece of news, Antonio Gandy-Golden struggling to pick up the offense, according to Ron Rivera. Washington coach Ron Rivera said specifically that Antonio Gandy-Golden is still making mistakes out there, where to get lined up, where the motion and movement is for him to do those things, and how to do his routes. All of those are mistakes that he is making. Gandy-Golden appears to be completely buried on the Washington depth chart behind the likes of Terry McLaurin, Stephen Sims, Dontrell Inman, even Trey Quinn. It's hard to even keep him on the roster of the deepest dynasty leagues as the number five receiver on a Washington offense that is there's no guarantee to even be a competent offense. If Dwayne Haskins is what we saw from him early in the season last year, then this offense is going to be a train wreck, and they, they might not even be able to support a number one wide receiver like Terry McLaurin, let alone a second or third option. Interesting, though, I, I do think you have to keep your eyes on Steven Sims. Steven Sims, a guy that was electric, even though he didn't get a ton of run in his rookie season. He did record a rushing, receiving, and return touchdown. Since 2000, there have been seven guys to do that. Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, David Johnson, Cordero Patterson, David Wilson, Jacoby Ford, Maurice Jones-Drew. Four out of the seven before Sims, mega hits. Guys who can get it done in all facets of the game, they often look like Alvin Kamara. They often look like Tyreek Hill. They just find ways to make plays to score touchdowns. 
Steven Sims coming out of college wasn't a wildly impressive prospect. He was pretty low athleticism. His college dominator was perfectly average at the 50th percentile, but he did break out at a particularly young age, and it's difficult to really knock him for not producing bigger numbers at one of the NCAA's worst football schools year in, year out, Kansas. In his sophomore season, he goes over 800 yards. He catches 72 passes, scores seven times. His numbers come down from there in his next two seasons. But how can you expect a guy like Steven Sims, who's not a massive athlete, he's more of a guy who projects to be a role player in the NFL. If he's not going to be a dominant player, you can't really expect him to completely elevate literally one of the worst offenses every year in college football in Kansas. He was productive enough to be excited about him, and then in his rookie season, he goes out and scores in a myriad of ways. I can see how if this Washington offense improves and he is the full-time slot starter, he's a guy who's a really good value in the final rounds of fantasy drafts. And with a guy like Steven Sims, he doesn't cost you anything. It's not like you have to make a massive bet on the Washington offense, on Dwayne Haskins by paying a a fifth-round pick for Terry McLaurin. You don't lose anything if Steven Sims doesn't hit. You do lose a lot if Terry McLaurin doesn't hit. So he's a guy that I really think is a solid pick at the end of fantasy drafts. Last piece of news for this show. Not a huge piece of news. Los Angeles Rams quarterback Bryce Perkins is having a nice camp. It's not like he's going to threaten Jared Goff, but Rams coach Sean McVay did say that backup quarterback Bryce Perkins has done a nice job with the training camp reps he's been. And this is only exciting. Oh, if we had preseason DFS, mm, this would be so exciting. This is only exciting in the event that Jared Goff gets hurt or really does regress even more than we saw last year. Perkins is currently competing with John Wolford for the backup role in LA. He was a dynamic quarterback in his two years as a starter at the University of Virginia. He threw for 47 scores, went over 6,000 yards. That's not bad. It's impressive, but really what you're looking for, he added another 20 touchdowns and nearly 1,700 yards on the ground. He is a massive athlete. If for some reason Jared Goff gets hurt, or if he does truly aggress, we see that dip from 2018 to 2019 happen again from 2019 to 2020. It is wheels up for a guy like Bryce Perkins, who has the athleticism, has that game-breaking ability to at least be a Tyrod Taylor-level quarterback, which we saw when Tyrod Taylor was a starter. He was a fantasy darling. So if Bryce Perkins does ever get the chance to start, he is a guy that in your super flex leagues you're picking up. He's a guy that if you don't have great quarterbacks already, you're picking up. And in TFS, oh baby, he's going to be that sweet rushing production chalk. All right, that's it. I swear I'm done ranting about fun backup quarterbacks who will certainly never get to take the field unless we see preseason next year. That's it. I promise no more of that. Unless, of course, Carson Wentz goes down, then we do a whole show devoted to Jalen Hurts, but that's going to do it. Guys, before I head out, remember, check out Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football to get access to our awesome draft kit. The draft kit gives you access to the fantasy football rankings done by Alex Osmo Baker, the world's number one daily fantasy player, the draft wingman, our breakout sleepers and busts, cheat sheets, a customizable strength of schedule tool that I use to write an article about how to build a QB1 season out of late round scrubs just using strength of schedule pairing up good quarterback schedules, all of that for just $29.95. And of course, you get that $35 credit to the FFPC. It is free money if you're using that credit. And of course, you get access to all of the awesome tools we just mentioned and more. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you tomorrow with more training camp news. I have been your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at KyleTweets here. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.